0: Welcome to Women Who Sarcast. I'm Kathy Barron and today I have a very special co-host, my friend and actor Amanda Wyss. Welcome. Hi, thanks for having me be your co-host. Absolutely. Uh, And thank you for being on the show. So we met many years ago and it's so great to see you again and, and have you on the show. And You have been in a lot of shows, movies, TV series, that sort of thing. Um, And so how did you get into acting in the first place? Um, I,
1: um, my older sister was an actress and um, I went to see her in a play and after, I was 11 and um, a director was there and said, are you an actress? And I, was, I said, yes, <laughs> I wasn't yet. And um, he said, I'm auditioning um, Girls Your Age for a play called um, The Innocents by William Inge. So I went and read for it and I got it. And, then, and that was in Los Angeles and that ran for a while. And then um, the following year, I did another play uh, that was called, called the bad seed. And then from that play, the bad seed, I got an agent. And then, um, when I was, you know, early teens, like, you know, from 12 to 16, um, I did commercials. Mm -hmm. And then when I graduated from high school, my, that when I first started college, then I, I got a TV series and things like that. So, but it was commercials, but it was from starting out in theater. And then, um, and then, you know, I started studying acting. What did your Good sister soon.
0: think about all that?
1: Uh, she thought it was great. I mean, it was just such a, a, a lucky blessing that mm. I was right. I was in a the right place at the right time. And I don't know, maybe it was just something that was meant to be or right. I'm not sure. So, um, yeah, no, she's super supportive and
0: amazing. <laughs> she didn't like put, you know something in your food but, that night because you like no
1: no she's also a, a quite a you know enough older that I was like you know that I was like a little kid to her
0: right you know more grown-up self so <laughs> <laughs> and so you do a lot of horror um films right I mean that seems to be your jam yeah um I've done I've done quite a few I mean
1: mostly <clears throat> when I was younger I did Nightmare on Elm Street, Um, and that turned into being—you know—it turned into such a big film. That said, um, then I didn't do them for a long time because back in the day when I did that, my agents didn't even want me to do it. They Mm -hmm. said it was going to be the end of my career. Mm No, you know, know, you're a serious actress; you can't do horror. Um, But I wanted to do it. I really, really liked Wes Craven when I met him, and so Mm
0: -hmm.
1: we went and did that. And then I didn't do a horror movie for—I did. I mean, I've done sort of like thrillery, horror adjacent things. But then in the last couple of years, I did um, a movie called The Hatred, Mm -hmm. um, which it was more like a little cameo. And then I did um, Big Legend, which is a creature feature. And um, what other? Oh, and then in the 90s, I did a movie called Shockma about Mm. the radio an irradiated baboon because you know who doesn't want to see a killer (laughs) baboon that's been radiated and gone crazy right and 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 he was actually the star of the film he was a famous baboon actor named typhoon who um had been in quite a few movies um he um and um yeah he was scary um so i haven't (laughs) actually he was very scary he actually terrified me he was beautiful though um i haven't actually been in that many horror films but they're all ones people have seen and Uh, they don't see like all my television stuff that I do or like the indies that I do that aren't horror. So,
0: um,
1: yeah, so I, I'm very well known in the horror world, which is nice. And I've, it's really only from, you know, the one movie nightmare on Elm street and, um, which is, it's kind of wild and cool, but, um, uh, but there are uh, other actors, friends of mine that really, that is all they do is horror. Mm -hmm. And they're, you know, they, they, they're doing really well
0: so your agent thought that horror films would ruin your career because you were a serious yes actor, because huh? I,
1: I was a serious actor and um so but I'm so glad that I didn't take their advice and I was so young to not really heed what they were saying but I just felt like it was I really liked the role and um I'd never I'd never even seen a horror film you know mm. I just I didn't grow up watching horror so I didn't know you know, I just thought it seemed like a really grand adventure, and right. it was, and it still is to this day. It's just yeah. the movie that just people love. I mean, it's on its third generation of fans, which just blows my mind.
0: Right? Yeah. So, which I don't
1: know how that could be because I'm only twenty. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, that seems kind of like uh, sci-fi-ish almost because you're like yeah, right. travel on time. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but you go to a lot of these like horror cons and events and all over the country to promote yeah. and do the whole horror film stuff. Do you yeah. like to, to do that kind of event stuff or?
1: Well, you know, it's amazing. I, I'm super grateful that I get to meet the fans of the genre and they really are the best fans in the world, the horror mm. fans. They're so supportive and love the genre so much and love the actors and the movies and the directors and super knowledgeable about, the you know, making films. And um, they're, so it's very fun to go meet them. And then also just to be, to get to hear their stories. I tend to go for, they're sort of split for me, like, as far as the old timey movies, um, mm-hmm. Better Off Dead and Nightmare on Elm Street. So I think it's funny because for some reason, Better Off Dead kind of, a lot of the horror fans like Better Off Dead which is just a you know a teen comedy not a horror mm-hmm. and um so i always feel really blessed really that i get to go and meet so many people and hear their stories and you know i like to find out why they like the movie so much i mean it's a, about a person who kills children and i'm like <laughs> why do you love this movie so much but they do and and they dress up it, and and they dress they do up and the whole
0: and, thing I I mean, are they, like, crazed people? Do you need, like, a bodyguard or something? Because some Uh... of these people seem a little, you know, (laughs) cray-cray. Every
1: now and then, um, I've had to have security. But for the most part, it's just really fans of of the genre. Just fans. Like, it's just so beautiful and they're so... They love Nightmare on Elm Street and Better Off Dead so much. They know every. I I think they're actually just like cinephiles that just like love movies, but horror or Better Off Dead, Mm -hmm. whatever comedy. Um, They just that's the genre. That's the lane they're in. Um, No, they're they're just very devout and nice. So for the for I would say ninety nine point nine percent of the time, it's always just really fantastic and and I get to meet so many interesting people and Mm -hmm. I feel really fortunate that they want to come meet me like I I'm just sometimes I'm like oh my gosh I think I'm getting the better end of this deal (laughs) because I get to hear all these fabulous stories and meet their families and um, so it's kind of fun to connect like that you know to connect with people and I mean we do panels and people ask really interesting questions and Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, I get to see all my friends from the movies and stuff like that, which is kind of fun.
0: Right. So, you know, do your fans, I mean, they see you as the character mostly, right? So, so how do you kind of, how do they react to you and how do you kind of try to like downplay it? Or, I mean, how do you handle that kind of stuff? Um,
1: I think. Yes, I think a lot of people think of me as Beth from Better Off Dead or Tina. Like my joke is I can I'll win my Oscar and they'll say, oh, look, Tina from A Nightmare on Street won an Oscar. (laughs) She's 80. Um, But um, I think I really I think part of what happens with me and the fans that come up is that I'm genuinely enthusiastic about meeting them and hearing their stories. Mm -hmm. And so I think because I tend to, I start, I mean, I ask people so many questions. I want to hear about their life, you know, and Mm -hmm. who got them into horror films or who showed them Nightmare on Elm Street when somebody's like 20 and they come up to me. I'm like, who showed you this movie? Like, how old were you? And um, so I think it's mostly... I like to find out about them, too. So I think yeah. um, I put people at ease that way.
0: So who's your favorite actor to work with? Ooh. Gosh.
1: Let me think. I would have to say loved working with John Cusack.
0: Mm-hmm. He's
1: amazing. Um, I mean, there's it's hard because it's different things. Like Kevin Costner is just, I mean, it's just so talented and interesting and free
0: and nice. Mm-hmm. Um, Is there an actor that you like had like a, an epiphany or like learned something from or?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think there's an opportunity to learn something every every time on a set. Um, I just did a movie with Jay Moore mm-hmm. and he's so free and, um, you know, just so present and it was just a really good reminder. And, and yet he's not just... Um he's not just standing there saying lines he's just super loose and um funny and mm-hmm. just he doesn't censor himself so um that was it was just kind of a it was a really fun energizing experience working with him and you know I'd love if, if there's hints that the movie we did could have a sequel and I would love that I'd right. love to work with him again he was amazing but there's so many. I've had, I've been so lucky as far as really good, you know, actors to work with. That I mean, there's just so many for different reasons. But, and I just worked with Jeff Fahey, who's also like super loose and. Is it easier it-
0: to, to, if the other actor is 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 relaxed and free and uncensored? Because that kind of gives you the. Freedom to be that way as well. I think you so. Kind of feed think, off of each other.
1: Yeah, I think so. I think when somebody's really present like that, it really kind of opens this like acting because it's you know it's really when you break down acting, it's a weird thing. Somebody has written these words that you're as you as an adult are going to stand there and pretend you're somebody else and say right. these lines and right. and um, you know that's just like the bare bones of it. And but really the goal is to be to like all your life come through this character that's been created either on the page or through your interpretation of what the character is. And, and then, you know, to stay really present. And, you know, when you think like on a soundstage, you've got a a crew, there's 75 people standing around you, there's the camera Mm. and there's all these people and you and this other person are going to have like an intimate conversation, Mm -hmm. but it's in, and, so it's, it's many things, it's like knowing how to be aware enough of the camera because that's your audience, but to have it not interfere and to be able to um, put all the people that are also there sort of in a box that's not in your sphere with the other actor. And so I think the more loose or more truthful or present or whatever the words are that the other person is, it 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 definitely adds, adds life and... It allows the other person to also, you know, match that Mm -hmm. moment-to-moment energy,
0: I think. So do you have some kind of, like, ritual that you go through before you start your character? Is there, like, any meditation? Or do you have to be, like, in a certain space?
1: I think, I mean... For me, I mean, it starts before I get to the set. Like when I'm working on the character, you know, I do do things. I kind of figure out the background and history of the person. And I'll usually try to spend a day sort of like, how does this person walk and move? Mm-hmm. And, and sometimes if I'm stuck, I go into my little toolbox and I'm like, all right, what's a song that'll help me mm-hmm. um, get there? Or what's, a, what's an animal or, or something that'll help me break through whatever block I'm having about getting Hmm. to this with the character. And then really, like, once I'm on the set, you know, I once want to know my lines and and really just breathe.
0: Breathe. Breathing is important. (laughs) Yeah. So do you, um, is there somebody that you would want to work with that you haven't yet?
1: Oh, my gosh. Yes. Let's see. Um, I would love to work with Helen Mirren. Mm -hmm.
0: That's a good one. I just love her.
1: I mean, I'd like to work with Brad Pitt. I Mm. think he is like the most gorgeous character actor out there. Like he's, Mm -hmm. he's just, he's a guy that can just really dive into a role. I'd like to work with George Clooney, maybe him as a director even. Mm -hmm. I just think, you know, he, he does really
0: interesting movies. I really like What he does. and um, Well, I mean, being in a love story with those two would be pretty awesome.
1: (laughs) Yeah, there we go. Yeah, except that, you know, because how Hollywood works, their love story, the girl would have to be twenty, twenty-one, even though, yeah, yeah, like like, uh, all like 50-year-old men need to be with a 21-year-old
0: girl. (laughs) Or maybe you could like (laughs) rope them into some kind of horror film or something. Yeah, right. Because, you know, I don't think they have that on their resume yet. No, they don't. So, I do, I do know that um, this is a very important question. So, um, it's like the most important question ever is, has uh, Lifetime Channel ever contacted you for your Hallmark series? No.
1: I have been wanting to be in a Hallmark Christmas movie for 20 years and um, apparently... Um, they already have blonde middle-aged women in Canada that I'll never, <laughs> ever have a chance to be in one. That, that's kind of basically what I've been told. And I'm like, but they don't have my kind of blonde. Right. You know, wh- but um, no. And I am such a big fan of just that feel good, happy, <laughs> and also the, the crazy drama ones on Lifetime. Yeah. Um, in fact, I did a TV movie called The Sandman. With a director named Peter Sullivan, who's very nice and does a lot of Hallmark movies. And I was like, oh, my God, this is great. I'll do this movie with him. And this is he's going to have me um, be uh, in his Hallmark movies. And nope. No, didn't happen. <laughs> nope. huh? he, gets his, he gets his blonde people from Canada. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Seems like Canada gets a lot of uh, movie stuff.
1: Yeah, they do. And and um, I mean, a lot of them are shot in Canada, so they do. Hire, uh, I mean, they'll they'll do like one U.S. celebrity, and then um, the rest are
0: Canadian. Canadian, yeah, yeah. So
1: I know. I mean, maybe someday I'll be like I'll just be like ancient. I'll be like the crazy old grandma on the corner in some <laughs> Lifetime movie, or or like um, the like the the old mayor. Who's bitter because they made her resign in a Hallmark Christmas movie? <laughs> I'll be the go. bomb, but like bitter. <laughs> Finally, now I don't even get to wear cute clothes in your damn uh. Hallmark movie because you waited till I was so old.
0: <laughs> yeah, your agent needs to get on that.
1: I know. There, no, they're Half there are some of the people that have said it's never going to happen. They already have the blonde person up there.
0: I'm like, come on. <laughs> They have their token blonde. Person. Yeah, they have their they have their blonde
1: moms and aunts already. It hurts <laughs> my feelings. My last feeling I had left. It hurts it. I know. Hallmark Channel. I love you so much. Oh, I want to I wanna be in
0: your Christmas movies, and to... I want
1: to be in your and those little mystery TV, those mystery series that they do.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, were you ever in an after school program? After school special. Special. Yeah.
1: Yes, I was. I was in. Um a very an award-winning one called She Drinks a Little. Oh. Yeah. That was that I did when I was a teenager.
0: What year was, was that?
1: 79 maybe. Okay.
0: Yeah. So what was that in a brief synopsis?
1: It was I played a girl named Cindy. This is taxing my memory here. Sorry. <laughs> um, my mother was played by a, a brilliant actress named Bonnie Bartlett. And she was an alcoholic in, in the movie. Mm-hmm. Not Bonnie. Not Bonnie Bartlett. <laughs> and she... Um, and so it was just... I was this young girl and my life was being disrupted by my alcoholic mom. And um, I don't remember what
0: happens to us.
1: I don't remember how it ends. Well, we'll it had have to, to look look have
0: it ended, you know... Somewhat yeah, that, cheery because if it was an yeah. after-school.
1: Yeah, she. Yeah, I think she gets sober at the end, and um, but after but after she embarrassed me at like the school pageant, right. and then I think then she decided to get sober. But it, yeah, it was it was it was really fun to make. And in fact, wait a minute, it might have even been later than that, because we were filming in Venice, California, when Reagan when Ron, when President Reagan got shot. Oh wow! Okay, so that might have been that was like that in the eighties, right? 80s. Yeah, yeah, the early eighties. Yeah, because I just remember we were filming one day. We were filming this dinner scene, and somebody came in and they said we have to wrap for the day. And everybody was like, "Why?" And they were like, "The president's just been shot. Everybody needs to go home to their families." Because I think I'm trying to, but I don't. I think people didn't know whether he was going to make it or not.
0: Right. Right.
1: Yeah. So that's what how I remember that after school special.
0: That's <laughs> well, you know. <laughs> That's it's what happens. crazy. So, besides the Hallmark Christmas movie, what would be your dream project?
1: Ooh, um, let's see. Um, there's so many. Okay, Hallmark Christmas movie. Um, I would love to do a TV series of, that's got the same sort of. Uh, you know the TV series Ozark? Oh, yeah, I love Ozark. Yeah, so it's just... And there was a TV series on before that called Bloodlines.
0: Oh, I love that one, Um, too. Yeah.
1: Yeah, like, I like those... I would love to be the lead, you know, ensemble, part of the lead ensemble in a really cool, gritty, Mm -hmm. well-written TV series that's, you know, HBO, Netflix, one of those that just... Hulu, um, that really writes well. Like, you get a full-blown character, and it's not about you know, how you look or you're right. not working with the latest, you know, Instagram star, With well, not that there's anything wrong with that, but it, these <laughs> you get to really work with like actors that want to go deeper, richer, fuller.
0: Right. right. And
1: um, they're not as worried about their hair and makeup as they are about getting, getting inside the skin of a really great character. Mm-hmm. And I would love to go to work every day on a series like that. Yeah. That would, that be, awesome. would be, yeah, that would, that's like my ideal dream job. <clears throat> that and, I've always wanted to do a recurring role on Star Trek. <laughs> really? I just, yes.
0: I just... Are, you a, are I, you a Trekkie?
1: I am, and I love sci-fi stuff so much. Yeah. So I, I would love to get a recurring role.
0: So you're more of a Star <laughs> Trekkie than a Star Warsy person, huh? No,
1: I love Star Wars. Okay. I love Star Wars. Um yeah, you put me in a Star Wars movie. That would be great. <laughs> I would do that. I, I didn't even think of that. Yes. Yeah, so I want to recur on Star Trek and be in a Star Wars
0: movie. Okay. Yeah. Make it so Obi Wan Kenobi. Thank you. I second <laughs> that. <laughs> so I know um, that you mm-hmm. are very spiritual, right? Is that correct? Yeah. Okay. I think so. I mean, you know, namaste and all that shit yeah
1: I'm a work in progress working on it
0: yeah we all are yeah so how do you kind of balance the characters that you portray and I guess how do you separate I mean we all have our jobs and regardless of what it is and you know for me I try to just keep it you know right at work but it seems to me like acting is more personal, more intimate. So, there, I would think it would take more to kind of separate because, you know, right. you're celebrity. People know you. They probably, you know, stop you in the street, in the grocery store, at the ice cream store. You know, whatever. So, how do you, you know, separate and continue that that personal spiritual Zen? part of you right right
1: well i mean like i said it's a work in progress just for my own personal evolution like not even just forget about the acting part um because i mean gosh the ego is just so huge in that learning how to coincide with it and evolve with it and not take everything the ego says to be the truth of who and what you are and that mm-hmm. that that um and, and, you know, guys, just looking around the world right now yeah, with the things going on where you just like, you, when I'm meditating in the morning, bec- like to keep trying to come f- from a place of love without spewing my own hatred that I want to yell about <laughs> some of the things going on. Yeah.
0: And, yeah. and
1: the, so it's, it's just, I feel like it's, um, it's, it's. I mean, I just think the world right now is really being challenged to choose love mm-hmm. over hate, and that, and to even come at the things that are scaring us or frustrating us to to approach them with it, with all the love we can muster to help heal things. All right. And I find because I am in the arts that the more I that garden within me it does help me creatively Mm -hmm. you know to be um open and um I don't know I mean I because I think even with acting coming from a place of love or more open hearted you you're able to create something more interesting I think Mm -hmm. um and then but yeah I think that it's um I mean, then, then the rest of it is like I don't know. I just lead such a normal life with like my normal guy in our normal home. Like we're, you know, with, that it's not like. I mean, we don't we don't live like the Kardashians or something. Oh, you so, don't? Like, we, oh, yeah. See, sorry. I had this
0: vision of you I know, yeah, with like I three know. pools and twelve rooms and I you know, know all these bathrooms with bidets yeah. and you know. Right.
1: I I wish. I wish.
0: No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um. So like
1: I. I feel like my life is
0: just really grounded like it's
1: not mm. like any it's just you know normal life which right. I think a lot of actors are really like just I mean like where I live in California there's a lot of actors and just see them at the grocery store and stuff and right, you know yeah. and I, I it just it's just interesting like I think I think there's I mean you know who knows you're on a level like there's actors that are just so huge and famous. Like Mm -hmm. they probably can't go to the grocery store. That's not my, that's not the case. I get to go do whatever I want. And then, you know, nobody, nobody really bothers me. And, Mm -hmm. and, um, you know, and then if I go to the conventions and stuff, that's all out there, but
0: day to day.
1: But I think like really, um, I, I'm just finding the biggest challenge to, my spiritual health at the moment is the climate that we're living in and trying to make peace with um, how to approach the, the chaos I feel is happening around me in the world um, from a spiritual point. And I know that it all comes back to like like Gail Dillon would tell us. Right. It all comes back from, <laughs> to you know, coming from a place of love and the truth that we're all one, that God is in everything, and that even the things that I'm judging and don't like, Mm -hmm. and how do, I mean, I just think we're in a really challenging and interesting time right now to um, really put that into practice, which, by the way, I fail at it every day, (laughs) but it it is my, it is my intention.
0: Right. Well, that's why it's called a practice. So, you know, it's not, yeah. You know, some people master it. Do you have any like vices like reality TV or trash TV or you know, something that you kind of you just can't <laughs> handle what's outside your window so you like Vegetate I think, yeah, veg, veg in
1: front of Channel. the TV, <laughs> <The Hallmark> and <Channel. laughs> go to like the fake world of the Hallmark Channel, <laughs> <laughs> and like watch everybody in their perfect outfits with their perfect white teeth, <laughs> and their, and the every town is like everybody's happy and drives nice cars. Stepford Wives, and, yeah, total Stepford Wives. That, and I'm obsessed with all the Home Reno shows on HGTV. Oh boy, yeah, I'm just obsessed with those, and right. I'll sit and watch cooking shows for hours. Right. Like while I'm eating a bag of chips (laughs) (laughs) and a glass of nice wine. (laughs) That's how I.
0: (laughs) That works.
1: (laughs) I like to watch Giada De Laurentiis when she's cooking from Capri and her outdoor kitchen. And like I I literally eat like a bag of Cheetos. And I'm like, that looks really good that she made that healthy (laughs) lemon
0: chicken. Come on. (laughs) I know you cook too with your, you know, quiches and frittatas. I love cooking. Yeah, do you have like a favorite? Do you have like a um, dish that's a signature Amanda well, dish? Let's see.
1: There's a couple. I I do a really good St. Patrick's Day, um, um, you know, cabbage and corned beef and all that. So I'm good with that. And Irish. I also, yeah, Irish. so I do that and I do a really good um, Guinness brownies. Yeah. So like my my St. Patrick's cooking is like super on point. Mm-hmm. And um but then like healthier I make really really good veggie lasagna with um with um zucchini noodles and I make I do make killer quiches, I have to say. Yeah. And then just you know chickens and
0: right.
1: I tr- try to eat you know grilled fish and
0: you drink your celery juice and
1: I drink my celery juice. <laughs> and i make green smoothies and although i have to say the last 2 weeks i finished my last movie and i've had like 3 burgers and i don't know a couple bags of cheetos no joke um, and i was like okay i got to stop this train cuz i have to go to work so <laughs> i'm like all right this was got fun a
0: detox
1: yeah detox my cheetos detox <laughs> cheetos cheetos are my kryptonite
0: oh really yeah i love cheetos oh, interesting yeah, like those fire Cheetos, like those really spicy ones. Or
1: I like those; they'll do in a pinch. But I just like good old Cheetos. And and even though Trader Joe's makes the healthier air puff ones, yeah, just like the the ones were not you know
0: Cheetos. Just so you like the, the old... crunch, the crunchy ones, not yeah. the air ones. Yeah, I like the crunchy yeah. ones.
1: That's good. And, to know. I, do, I like Fritos and Oreos too. And Fritos and
0: Oreos are vegan. <laughs> Oreos are vegan?
1: <laughs> That's what someone told me, so I stand by it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, I, I believe the Fritos, maybe. But the Oreos, yeah, it's a stretch, I think. <laughs> was this what a, I tell a vegan a person that was telling you that? Or?
1: <laughs> Probably not. Yeah. Yeah, I know that. I that's what I tell myself while I'm watching my Hallmark channel.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, that's hilarious. Well, that's good that you have a way, you know, to decompress other than your, you know, spirituality. How do you decompress? But how do I? Yeah, I pretty much just like turn on Netflix or some series yeah. that I'm watching and just try to zone out, or I'm trying to like. Be more mindful of when I want to do that because I've been, I got a bike recently. It's an e-bike and I've been biking to work. Oh, wow. Every day. It's about five miles one way. I'm trying instead of like sitting and watching these TV series, I like go for a walk or go for a bike ride or, you know, yeah, We're not always successful because sometimes I just really want to like plop on the couch and just zone. And there's some really okay. good stuff on Netflix you know, <laughs> no, there is. <laughs> you know, *Handmaid's Tale* and all that good stuff. Okay, I want to ask you, how do you maintain
1: your speak your spiritual equilibrium?
0: Um, that is a good question. I've been kind of out of touch because I know that um, spirituality for me is more about being on the outdoors, like in nature and. The ocean really helps me with that. I've tried meditating, but I just can't, I just can't sit. My mind just, I know the mind is supposed to eventually, you know, simmer down, but it mm-hmm. never does for me. And then I just get frustrated and, you know, it's curtains. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> I try to read and, you know, um, yeah.
1: But I think walking in nature, it's just a walking meditation. Mm -hmm. And if it soothes you and calms your mind, that is meditating. If it clears your brain a little bit while you're walking along the ocean.
0: Yeah. So I think, you know, in some ways I'm somewhat disconnected from spirituality. Only because I felt like I was more in tune when I lived in Santa Fe and even when I lived in Seattle. Yeah. So I just try to find other ways, creativity or, you know.
1: Yeah. You're always doing something creative though, whether it's making a short film or you've always really worked to find ways to express yourself creatively. Mm -hmm. And I think you should, I mean, I I hope that you know how cool that is that you do that. Thank you. And even podcasting and just, you always have had some sort of interesting outlet and that where you share your creativity with others yeah I nice. try
0: to to do that um, and I still do some video stuff but um, you know I like that's to so collaborate cool. with other artists and and then I yeah. wrote that book last year I self-published yeah that book and then uh, I'm actually gonna write a kids book you are mm-hmm. that's yeah. fantastic I'm in the process of um, finding an illustrator to do the, you know, the illustrations and stuff. So
1: that's oh God, that's, that's new. That's so- I, mean,
0: I, I mean, this is all new territory I've never done before. So, you know, it's always a little scary because, you yeah. know, for me, creativity is kind of like a double-edged sword because I like to do it. But then it's like, oh, my God, I have to do it right. And, you know, I don't know if you ever, as a um, creative yourself, if you ever feel like you kind of get frozen because it's like, oh, my God, if I don't do this the right way, whatever way that is. I mean, there's no right or yeah. wrong way. But for me, it's like, oh, my God, if I don't do this the right way, then... So then I, like, I don't know. Yeah. I need no, That's I need a therapist. We...
1: Nah. <laughs> don't we all? <laughs> <laughs> I think when we start uh, in any sort... I, I mean, you know what? It doesn't even have to be creatively. But that when we... When perfectionists, when you want to do that, it stops you from not you anybody from taking the first steps just to do it. And um, I know, but I think everybody fights with that because it's our ego saying, "Yes, but if you don't do this right, you'll Mm -hmm. look foolish, or you'll be you'll you." It's always about how it's going to be perceived by other people. It's not, you know what I mean? And, And it's it's that's when. You know, you don't want to be at war with your ego because it just sucks up your, it's just a time suck. But just to have it be like, thank you for sharing.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Now, now, shut up. (laughs) 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 Exactly. Yeah. It's like that tug of war.
1: Yeah. Because I mean, and even though intellectually we know there's no right or wrong. Well, part of the reason that doesn't work when we say there's no right or wrong is because we know in a lot of life there is a right or wrong. Like, right. it's wrong to lock children in cages. Right. <laughs> like, I'm sorry, it's just wrong. Yes. No matter where you are, anywhere <laughs> in the world, it's just wrong. Yeah. So there is, so when we say, well, there's no wrong way to do it, there is. And so that's that's why we don't believe it when we say it to ourselves. So it's like we have to find some other phraseology that's like, um, there's no, there's no, um, you know, way there's, there's, there's no perfect way to make this happen. Right. Because that's a truism because nothing right. can really be perfect. And so, and um, then you can kind of cut yourself and go, oh, well, it's never going to be perfect. So,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and if I truly can live through somebody not liking it, then th- those are the two obstacles, I think.
0: Yeah, I exactly. Know, what do you think of that? No, I totally agree. I totally agree. And it just, it's just an excuse to not do it. Yeah. Basically. But, and, and, so Yeah,
1: but it's not even just I mean, but you have to cut yourself some slack that it's not know, all of us have to, that it's not like an excuse like we're being lazy. Like it's it's hardwired lizard brain shit that <laughs> it holds us back. You know what I mean? Right. Like it it's, it could be that your kindergarten teacher once put down your art project right. in front of you and then you decided right. that every art project you do from then on has to be a struggle because yeah. you know, Mrs. you know, Jones said you couldn't color inside the lines, and then right. that like it's like just like I mean, then you you're never like, no, oh,
0: screw it. Yeah,
1: so I know we get hardwired <laughs> into such garbage.
0: People don't realize how words really stick with kids. I think they do.
1: Yeah, and or, our words. I mean, that's all, all science. The, the whole science of mind thing is how powerful our words are. I mean, it's it's your it's your declaration to the universe, and we have to all be careful. And I'm. I do. I say sometimes that I with things like I'll probably listen to this podcast and say, <laughs> "What the hell was she talking about?" Um, because I'm just like, "Oh, shut up, you pompous ass!" But um, that's to me, not you. Um, <laughs> I think that um, I think that we forget how powerful our words are, even to pe- you know people my age, right? But yes, children, like it's just you can scar them. I I had a teacher. <laughs> In the seventh grade, um I was being a brat in class, but he said, You're a pimple on progress. Now, what? as an eleven year old, I didn't <laughs> even really know what that meant, but I knew it wasn't uh, nice. And I it was the first time somebody had like really like called me a name sort of. And right. to this day I remember that insult. Like oh I can't God. remember what I had for breakfast yesterday, but I'm like <laughs> I'm a pimple on progress. Right. Like, what does that mean? That progress had really nice skin, and then I gave it a pimple, <laughs> right. and so then, therefore, progress was <laughs> derailed because it had acne or something. Right. I don't even know what it was. Yeah. I think about it. I want to decipher what he meant by that. Right. It was. It was really. Um, so I mean, wow. I am a grown ass woman, and I contend with <laughs> that I'm a pimple on progress. <laughs>
0: That's classic. That's okay, one for the books.
1: It's a, thank you. Okay, in the little square, I'm looking in in on our
0: mm-hmm.
1: in this little square, like right here where my hand is. Can you see yeah. my hand?
0: Is that the f- smoke alarm? The,
1: this would be like really like a horror film that you're talking to me, and then right over my
0: shoulder, somebody <laughs> comes in right here, and I don't even see him with I'm the black crazy. hood, and
1: <laughs> they're just like, and right I'm like.
0: There. You're like, you know, ah! pointing it out to you,
1: <laughs> and I'm like, "What? Is my hair a mess?" <laughs> yeah.
0: So, have you ever thought about writing, or have you written? Is that is that something that you like to want to do for a movie, or in general, writing your memoirs? Um, I have been told by m- multiple,
1: multiple people, no, multiple, many people. What am I saying? Um, that, um, I should be writing or I I could be writing if I wanted to and I don't know why I'm not motivated to write Mm -hmm. because I do have stories in my head and I think it'd be fun to write a memoir actually Mm -hmm. um maybe someday maybe someday I mean I certainly it's brought up to me often that I I could if I wanted to or or that I should and um that I have not been motivated yeah yeah it's to do it I don't know why
0: it's a lot. I mean, just writing the book. It's uh, it's kind of lonely. I'm sure it's different, or maybe it's not different for screenplays. But, um,
1: what what was your impetus to start writing? What happened? What made you? Decide? Well, I started and writing. How long did it take?
0: I started doing it. It was supposed to be a web series idea when I lived in Santa Fe, and then it didn't. Is that really, what you
1: and? Is that what you and I did together?
0: No, that was just a short film. Oh, That was different. Okay. Yeah. Um. So I wanted it to be a web series, but just the timing and trying to find people to collaborate with was a bit difficult. And then I moved back to California, and I still kind of had the idea, you know, knocking around my head. So right there's this novel writing, uh, national novel writing contest in San Francisco. It's not really a contest. It's just basically a, a challenge to people who write to write 50,000 words in a month. So I didn't have a job and didn't really have anything else to do. So um, I was like, oh, well, let me see if I can do that. So I kind of challenged myself to write the 50,000 words with this idea that I had, this concept. And that's kind of how it came to be. And I will never do that National Novel Writing Month contest again because (laughs) I basically had to rewrite the whole book. Oh, really? I mean, I did write 50,000. I wrote 50,027 words. Yeah. So I accomplished whatever goal that was and then yeah. I had to like rewrite the whole thing pretty much because I had like three subplots and, you know, <laughs> 15 characters and, you know. It yeah. was like crazy because you're just writing whatever comes to mind. Right. So you're not really editing. So it took me six years to write the book. Oh my gosh. So that That's was, such dedication. It's a long ass time. <laughs> I wasn't expecting oh it to take that long and by yeah. the end I was just like, you know, I'm just done. I'm done with this. Yeah. I don't care. And like a week before I published it, I changed the ending. No. Because it just came up what ma- it just came to me on a I was driving somewhere, it just came to me and I'm like, Yeah, that's what I need to do. So I changed it and 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 then you then you published it. Yeah. So it was a pretty crazy uh, journey and it was really cool because at one point in writing I felt like the characters were actually talking to me Which oh, was cool. a freaking trip. I mean, it was a real yeah. trip So but
1: I've heard that from writers before where they really feel like the characters are actually telling them what the dialogue is Is that kind of what you mean? Yeah, I
0: mean the, the characters were telling me to do something and I'm like, I'm not doing that There's no way and they're like, no, you you really need to do this this way and wow, it was that kind of conversation in my head and it was pretty intense Like I almost like committed myself because I'm like, okay, this is not wow. normal. This is not wow. normal. So it was cool. It was a cool experience Which is probably why I've decided to do a kid's book because a-
1: <laughs> <laughs> so, I would say so a little
0: bit lighter and more fun yeah so
1: That's awesome. I'm so happy you're doing that. I cannot wait to read it. I'm I'm impressed.
0: Well, I'm so glad that you came on and it was great, awesome talking to you and reconnecting and um, would love to do it again sometime in the future when you have some downtime.
1: I'd love to again and I'm so glad we reconnected and it was really fun talking to you and I'm so excited about your writing and um, yes, we have to do this again. Okay, cool. That'll be fun.
0: So what do you have coming up? What what are you doing project-wise or... Event-wise. I have
1: a, a, a movie coming out November 4th called Badland. Mm-hmm. That's a Western. That's that's really good. Um, I'm excited about. And then um, I have a movie called The Orchard, um, which is the movie I was talking about where I played Jay Moore and I, our husband and wife, and we have three children and mm-hmm. it's a thriller and it's really good. It's called The Orchard and that comes out next year. Okay. And then um, next week I'm doing something fun. I'm going to Santa Fe. Um, it's Indian Market,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and they're the Red Nation Film Fest or Red Nation International Film Festival. Is they're doing a 30th anniversary of a movie I did called Pow wow Highway. Awesome. That it, I'm so excited! And so, we're doing um, going there, we're they're showing it at the film festival, and we're doing a big I don't know, there's like three days of stuff, and it's kind of a cast reunion. And so, I'm doing that next week, and mm-hmm. then um. And then I have a couple comic cons coming up, and then I don't do my next, you know, um, project until the end of the
0: year. I'm gonna do a little movie. Nice. Yeah. So you're keeping busy.
1: I am. Staying I out mean, of I trouble. Well, I don't know about that, but <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm staying busy. I, but, you know, I always want to be busier. But you know what? I um, I feel lucky for a character actress my age getting to work as much as I do. I feel really lucky. Mm-hmm. Well, cool. So it's
0: all good. Right on. Thanks, Amanda. Thank you. It was really fun. Show music provided by Mike Imbasciani. You can find him at MikeImbasciani.com.